Welcome to Mammoth Community Christian Church. It's so great to see more and more of you each Sunday gathering back as we together form the community of God. And, and just we're just one local church among many other churches that are also gathering and worshiping our Lord today. We're so excited to see you. After our service today, we're going to have a picnic. We're going to share a meal together. This is like the first time I think we're sharing a meal as a congregation in, in over a year and a half. So it's a very special day for me and I hope also for you. Well, today we get to hear from one of our elders again, our elder of our youth and English ministries. So I welcome Elder James to preach God's word to us today. Good morning. Praise the Lord that many of you can join us in person today. It's really good to see that uh, we are gradually out of the pandemic and we can come back together and be able to meet uh, in person. I have been preaching a series of uh, messages on Israel's Exodus journey. Previously, we spent three times studying the burning bush story in Exodus 3 and 4, where God appears to Moses in the burning bush at Mount Sinai and called him to deliver the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. But Moses feel inadequate for the mission out of his fear and doubt. He is reluctant to commit to God's call. So he continues to appear to God with excuses. Even after God promised to be with him, manifest his name Yahweh and the nature of his being to him, provides three powerful signs for him to convince the people and offer to teach him what to say. He still asks God to send someone else. So finally, God sent Moses' brother Aaron to speak to, for him in order to get him committed to go. In this story, Moses' response is pretty typical of those who would not take risk and step out of comfort zone. But God is persistent in his call to Moses and waits for Moses to trust and obey. He is working on Moses patiently and give him every opportunity to step into this mission. This reminds us that God is working the same way in us today. He is patiently waiting for us to answer his call and follow his will. After the burning bush encounter, Moses obeys God's calling and returns from Midian to Egypt. He and Aaron meet the elders of Israel to convey God's message and demonstrate God's signs to them. Just as God reveals to Moses at the burning bush, the people believe that God sends Moses to deliver them. So they worship the Lord 
who is concerned about their sufferings and compassionate to save them. Afterward, they go before Pharaoh and boldly present God's message, message to him. Third says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go and they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Notice that the word Lord is spelled in all capitals, refer referring to God's proper name, Yahweh. But Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Pharaoh rejects them immediately. His first reaction is the question, who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? Who is this God of Israel? This question has been asked throughout history and is still asked today. It is an important question that everyone has to answer because it determines the destiny of your life. It's the question God will address in great length in Exodus, especially in the next few chapters. There were many gods and goddesses in ancient Egypt. The Egyptians may be worshiping hundreds of gods at this point of time in the history. So Pharaoh has heard many Egyptian gods, but he has never heard of Yahweh. This Hebrew God means nothing to him. Therefore, he wouldn't let the people of Israel go. Pharaoh's rejection makes the situation very messy. He not only refuses to let the Israelites go, he makes them work even harder than before. Israelites become very upset with Moses and Aaron due to the increased workload from Pharaoh. They confront Moses and Aaron and blame them for what happened. This criticism makes Moses feel like a failure. He is discouraged and complains to God that it didn't go as planned. He said, O oh Lord, why have you done evil to these people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to these people, and you have not delivered your people at all. He thought Israelites were supposed to be rescued from Egypt. But now, instead of freedom and joy, there is more burden and pain. His fear and doubt on this difficult mission that caused him to argue with God at the burning bush suddenly resurfaces again. As we reflect on what happened in this episode, 
Moses and the people of Israel have high expectation of God's rescue of them from Egypt. But it turns out the difficulty they already face becomes even worse. What is going on? Why does this happen to us? Where is God in all our sufferings? These questions go through their minds repeatedly as they face this adversity. People turn against Moses because they lose heart in God's promises that Moses has conveyed to them. As Christians, we enjoy God's love and the blessings in our lives. But God's love and blessings sometimes may come with the experience of uncomfortable situations or even sufferings. Things could get worse before they get better. There are good reasons why God does things like that. However, he doesn't want us to lose sight of him when our circumstances turn difficult. It is during the dark moments our faith in the Lord is strengthened and growing. Moses is overwhelmed by this catastrophic outcome. He is appointed by God to serve God's purpose and lead the deliverance of Israel. It must be miserable to be blamed by people for what happened when he is simply following God's plan. He is frustrated and distracted by this defeat rather than continuing to focus on God's promises. Serving God can be lonely at times. As you follow God's will to act on things or make decisions that people don't like or understand. Throughout history, many God's people like Noah, Abraham, and Joseph have stood along with God while people turn against them. There will be times we must stand along with God for the convictions he has given us. God is faithful and able to lift us up in any situations if we fix our eyes on him. When Moses encountered this crisis, he questions God, what are you doing, Lord? Why haven't you delivered the people as you said you would? At this rock bottom moment, God says to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his name. God reassures Moses of what he will do to Pharaoh. He wants Moses to know that everything has been going as planned. He is in control of what has happened and what is going to happen. Moreover, God reveals 
his plan to Moses in Exodus 6, 2-8. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the name that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. I specifically lay out this passage in this format so you can grasp God's message better. Here we see there are two parts in God's message. The first part is what God says to Moses. And the second part is what God asked Moses to say to the Israelites. Both parts start with God's declaration of his name. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. God also repeats the same declaration at the end of his message. Apparently, God wants to address something important to people with the emphasis of his name, Yahweh. In the episode we just briefly went through, we can clearly see that not only Pharaoh is ignorant of God, Moses and the Israelites also don't seem to know God well. They don't have a proper view of God's character and nature. And they lack faith in their reactions to the situation. At this crucial point, God gives this message with the repeated emphasis of I am Yahweh to bring their focus on himself. God is determined to reveal himself to them more in the upcoming Exodus journey. I am the Lord, your God, is a major theme in the book of Exodus. God says, I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Here God speaks his name as both God Almighty and the Lord Yahweh. Why does he mention these two names here? What does this verse mean? Many 
Bible scholars have debated what this verse means because of these two names mentioned by God. To understand it, we have to first know the difference meaning of these two names. God Almighty is translated from God's name El Shaddai in Hebrew. El is a generic Hebrew word for God. Shaddai means Almighty. So El Shaddai literally means God Almighty. This name emphasizes God's all-sufficiency to achieve all his purpose. On the other hand, you already know the Lord is translated from God's name Yahweh in Hebrew. Yahweh is God's proper name. It provides much fuller description of God's nature and his character. Yahweh is the great I am, the only and the true God. He is the only self-existent one with neither beginning nor end. He is the sovereign and the covenant-keeping God who is also personal and relational. So in this verse, God is using the distinctive meaning between these two names to explain to Moses. He has shown himself to the patriarchs of Israel in the character represented by the name El Shaddai, but he has not made himself fully known to them in the character of Yahweh. His name Yahweh reveals the fullness of his character. God wants Moses to know, because I have not revealed the fullness of my character as Yahweh since the time of the patriarchs, you and this generation of Israel are still lacking the full knowledge of who I am. Apparently, this has significant effect on Moses and the people of Israel. It is reflected in how they respond to the harsh conditions imposed by Pharaoh. They struggle in the hardships with a lack of trust in God. They are too quick to give up the hope and give in to the situation they encounter. They don't know what God can do and will do for them. God is not only powerful in what he does, he is also faithful in what he promises. This explanation is in the context of first part of God's message. Where God speaks to Moses about his covenant with the patriarchs in the past, his compassion for Israel's affliction they have been suffering, and his remembrance of his covenant with them. The patriarchs didn't see all the promises of the covenant fulfilled in their lifetime. Some of the promises of the covenant were for the future. And now the time has come for God to fulfill the covenant promises. God will show them the things they have not seen before. 
they will reveal, God will reveal his divine nature to them in the Exodus journey. They will experience God's presence and see God's mighty power in action. They will witness God's sovereign over all that happens in Egypt. They are going to know Yahweh at a great depth and grow closer to him. Their lives are going to be changed as described in the second part of this passage. Where God starts with, I am Yahweh, and then he speaks to the people of Israel with seven I will statements to reveal what he will do. These statements are started with I will to emphasize the fact that he will certainly do as he says. We can group these seven I will statements into three things that Israelites will experience. The first thing they will experience is God's redemption of Israel described in the first three I will statements. God says, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of just, uh, judgment. Israelites have suffered the severe affliction, affliction for a long time. God promises to be the redeemer of his covenant people. He uses this threefold expression to emphasize his compassion and resolution to save them. God will free them from the bondage of slavery with his mighty hand. As Christians, we can relate to God's redemption of Israel because we also receive the redemption from Jesus to free us from the bondage of sin. The second thing they will experience is God's adoption of the nation of Israel. God says, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Here God specifically tells them that they will know who Yahweh is after he saves them out of Egypt. Their knowledge of God as Yahweh is important because God will establish a covenant relationship with them. God will make them his own people and he will be their God. That means they belong to God and follow God's instructions, whereas God dwells among them to provide what they need and protect them from enemy. As Christians, we can certainly relate to this. God adopted us into his family and relates to us as Heavenly Father. He gives us the Holy Spirit to reside in us and guide us. We shall know him and trust him as Yahweh our God. The third thing the Israelites will experience is God's gift of the promised name 
to Israel. God says, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. God provides the promised name for Israel as a possession. It's a name flowing with milk and honey. It becomes the inheritance for the children of Israel. These foreshadows the eternal promised name God gives to all of us who come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. These seven I will statements are the gospel for Israel in Exodus. These promises and blessings from God are in parallel with what we have today. However, when Moses delivered this gospel message to Israelites, what's their response? They did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Why do they react this way? It's because they have become too discouraged by the seemingly endless infliction of slavery. Their spirit was severely crushed by the bitter circumstances. They do not know God well to rekindle the hope in God's promise. An important truth we learn today is having a full knowledge of God is essential to our faith. In today's passage, God clearly tells the people of Israel what he has not made himself fully known to them by the name of Yahweh is crucial to them. So God reveals to them that they will experience him as Yahweh, their God, as he fulfills the covenant promises with them. In other words, God is bringing a living knowledge of him to them. This is not just a knowledge about God, but a relational and experiential knowledge of God. Having a knowledge about someone is different from knowing someone intimately. Having a knowledge about something is not the same as knowing it by heart. It's possible to know how, what the Bible teaches, but never do what it commands. It's possible to know about Jesus without ever committing yourself to him. So we should not just focus on learning the information about God. We should experience his presence and the faithfulness in our life and learn to put our trust in him. God is a personal and a relational God. He created us for a personal relationship. He wants us to know what he wills us to do, what he will us to do, and experience his greatness in all aspects of our lives. When we grow closer to him, our knowledge of him expands and takes root in our heart. With this true knowledge of God, 
we will be able to avoid any false hope, but have a strong and living hope in Him, in what we do. We, we can have the assurance and the conviction, as Paul writes. And we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, your reminder that you are Yahweh, our God, and you long for us to experience you, to have a close relationship with you, so that we can have a living knowledge of you. Lord, we pray that as we continue to follow you, we will learn more about you in our life, in what we do, so that we can truly follow you in the right knowledge of who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name.